Hello everybody and welcome to Documentation Unincluded, a tech industry podcast presented by DNI Stream, uh, the live knowledge repository for software professionals. It's Thursday at 7 o'clock BST and we're live on twitch.tv forward slash DNI Stream. I am your host Chris Seawock and today I'm joined by returning guest Nick Pigari. Pigari, sorry. I, I practiced that as well. <laughs> nearly. nearly. Uh, so hello Nick, please introduce yourself to people who missed you the last time you were on the show. Hi there, um, I am Nick. I am a video producer in motion graphics designer pivoting to software development. Um, I have a stream here on Twitch where I do live coding about my journey to learn more about the world of of software development, especially in a professional level capacity. Um, and it's fun. My dog is on there. We play games. Yes. I, so I always like watching your stream. And luckily, you, the times that I stream, whenever I do do dev streaming, you're around quite a lot, and that's why I, I got to know you. Somebody recommended you um, that was on my nice. dev stream, and I raided you, and I actually really liked your stream, so that's, uh, again, why why we know each oh, other. Oh, yeah. Um, so anyway, yes, that. hello to everybody in Twitch chat. Please do get involved. It is a live show. We will ask any uh, answer any questions, um, take any comments, read things out. Maybe you'll even get a little thing that pops up on the screen um, to get you involved. Now, before we get going, we always ask an icebreaker of our guests. Um, today's icebreaker is not technical at all. I'm usually known for doing technical icebreakers, but today is not at all. So what, Nick, do you missed mo miss most about your childhood? Um, mm. The lack of responsibility. <laughs> I don't want to say that. Well, it's kind of. Um, I think my I, childhood was kind of a mixed bag. So, um, oh, that's a good question. What do I miss about my childhood? Um, see, if you I, don't do your homework, you just get bad grades. If you don't do your work, work, you end up on the street. I guess that's putting it kind of in kind of a dark way. Yeah. But more, more. I mean, more lighthearted. Lee, I mean, just being able to, being like willing and able to just play video games and relatively consequence free. That's fine. That sort that, of thing. That's a fine answer, you know, being able to yeah. just be just free. My first instinct, as soon as I thought about this one, was um, my first instinct was, was not a lack of responsibility, but the ability to. The fact that I didn't know much and I had a whole world ahead of me, but back then I didn't know that. I know that now in mm -hmm. hindsight. And I, and I now, because I. I've learned a lot. I can look back at myself then and go, you knew nothing, but you were going to learn so much, and that's a brilliant journey to be on. But for me, but yes. it's, um, it's actually making dens. So do you, you must use the word den in, uh, you know, dens, yeah, I suppose you will. You know, like making dens. So when I was a kid, uh, there was a, huh? a copse of trees. It was a big field, in fact, uh, with a lot of uh, with a forest and like loads of bushes and things around the back of my house. It was called mm. uh, a big big field with all these things called the Peppercorn Project because um, it was something to mm -hmm. do with the school that I was at. Um, and we used to go down there a lot. And I used to take my dad's tools and we used to make dens. We used to make like bush dens, if you know what I mean. So we we used to play wow. in them and and make tree houses and all kinds of things that I used oh, that to love because awesome. it was like creative you know and I, I just enjoyed it I didn't like it when you know the rough lads and the uh, the bullies of the school came and destroyed my dens because that happened quite a lot um, but I was oh, yeah, they suck. I was always the guy that, that came down with his dad's power tools and you know <laughs> all the, uh, the, the, the battery powered power tools and whizzed everything uh, 
you know, cut all the trees down and stuff yeah. and made a, made a bigger area. Like, this is the kitchen. This is the <laughs> making a whole, you know, little house mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the shed. That's actually one thing I don't miss about my childhood. You know, they say, oh, go find the biggest kid in the schoolyard and beat him up. I was the biggest kid in the schoolyard. Right. Um, but, like, I mean, also, I kind of I agree with you. Also, the way I perceive things, like that childlike wonder, I do miss that. Um, I've always been a fan of like Halloween and Christmas and my, my mom would drive me and my sister around the neighborhoods to like see all the pretty lights. And when I was young, it didn't take much for me to go, wow, these days it's like, mm, seen it. Yeah. Do more. I need, I need at least 10 times this many lights <laughs> and money spent on the project for me to even feel an inkling of joy. Well, um, it's something I definitely noticed. Volstrat in chat has uh, has said uh, two things. He said not having to care about bloody everything, mm-hmm. um, and also not feeling bad about wasting so much time. Oh God, yes. So that kind of leads oh. us on to our subject a little bit, doesn't it? Because that's kind of, kind of what we're talking about yeah. today. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty much it, kind of. And I think. Uh, yeah, I think I think we'll 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 move on to that now. So anyway, our show today is called Striking a Balance. So uh, we did we we came up with it in the middle of the show last time, and uh, we, we've acted on it, and we've got Nick back to talk about it. So the tech world is ever changing. There are constantly things. Uh, it's moving at an alarming pace. I mean, it's getting. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's getting worse rather than easier. And I don't know. I don't know if it's ever going to hit. You know, hit a, a limit where it's not. It's we're not constantly developing new things and constantly getting new languages and frameworks and things out. As a developer, I don't know if my job in ten years' time. I mean, what am I? Thirty-eight. So before, okay. So I've got quite a few years left. I was thinking I might be retired. I was hoping I might be retired by then, but I'm miles away from that yet. In ten years' mm-hmm. time, I have no idea what my job will look like. I literally have no idea. I could be working with an AI, you know, who's writing all of the boilerplate code for me. Code might not be a thing by then. You know, we could yeah. be using drag and drop systems to create software that that I create these days. Maybe I will move on to something else in, entirely different. I don't know. Um, uh-huh. So today we want to talk about what do we do to make the best use of our time and how do we deal with that overload? So mm-hmm. my question for you, Nick, to start off with, is mm-hmm. what is your what is your number one piece of advice? This is this is the summary, but let's start with it. Um, what's your number one piece of advice to somebody who's feeling overwhelmed with um, this the sheer amount of things that there are to learn out there? Well, coming as someone who's getting into the industry, there is that caveat. Um, I would say. Know what your goal is, and then ask yourself, what should I concentrate on? I think I want to name drop a book I read. I might even did I mention this in the last stream? I don't remember. It's one of my favorite time management books ever. Maybe my favorite. It's called The One Thing. Um, I don't remember you mentioning it. So okay, okay, but it can be summarized incredibly simply. Like the whole premise of the book is one sentence. What is the one, out of all the things I could do today, this month, this year, the next half hour, um, out of all the things I could do, is there one thing out of those things that would make the other things 
easier or completely unnecessary. Um, and I try to be pretty ruthless with that. I mean, my life is far from perfect, for instance. Um, you know, there's bills to pay, there's this and there's that. Um, job hunting sucks if you're in the video industry, for at least in my experience. Um, and so I was kind of like, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with like debt? How do I deal with job? How do I become a software developer? And then I was like, oh, that's the one thing. Pivot to software development. Um, because, you know, it plays more to my interest. And because this, like you're saying, at least right now, it's a pretty solid industry. That one thing would just help me out in a lot of ways. It'd give me more of a promising career path. It would be more interesting work. It would give me more money, which would let me do more things and worry less all the time. Um, I don't. Uh, so, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if more money helps you worry less. The more money you've got, the more, the more things you have. Resp you generally spend on, and the more responsibility you've got. I know it. it you know, if you've got no mm -hmm. money at all, then that's a different matter entirely. But no, I think uh, that's good advice. Yeah. That in general, I think being able to to focus on the one thing. Now you've taken that outside of. Or you've made that more of a high level thing there. Now to me, as somebody mm. who has to. Every single day, I have to prioritize my tasks and other people's tasks. Um, mm -hmm. As someone who acts as a, an agile coach, as a scrum master in kind of a, a professional enterprise environment quite often, I, I am all about making sure that the team, the people that I'm working with, the small group of people generally that I'm working with, uh, sometimes I work with bigger groups, but generally it's better if you're in a smaller, a smaller group. Those people mm -hmm. are... Uh, or the team rather has a goal they are focusing on a goal so we work and i don't know if you are familiar with um agile and scrum um terminology somewhat i think okay. i get the, the idea so basically in a scrum you you meet every day for a very short period of time 15 minutes mm -hmm. and you talk about what's blocking you what you did and what you're going to do as a team now the more you know the better you get at it the less you have to stick to a formula but you can still get all of the details you need to do you know to talk about in those 15 minutes because you take other things offline and talk about them outside of the meeting but basically this mm -hmm. is just to kind of get up to date with each other make sure that everyone's aligned i suppose but in that team there might it's happened in the last few days two other people might block me and I might be blocking somebody else, but we need to, as a team, come to a decision that that task there that we've already agreed and planned to do is much more important than these other six tasks. So mm -hmm. let's all pull together, let's fix, let's get this issue sorted or, or come up with a solution that gets us around the particular blocker, a pragmatic solution for the time being, so we can unblock other people for them to get work going, you know, working with their workflows. Um, and then we can get on with the other tickets and the other items that we're working on. And that's a key thing, but we're focusing on the one thing, as you said there. We are focusing on the most important thing for that moment in time. Now, when it comes to development, uh, actually solving problems in development, that's uh, even more granular. But I think for this, being able to choose what to look at, uh, what tech to embrace, what frameworks and languages and uh javascript kind of libraries uh, or, or anything like that all of that stuff is kind of what we're 
we're trying to focus on here. We're trying to figure out what's the best way for somebody to 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 what what's the next thing that they should pick up? How could they figure that out? So I mean I I don't know the answer, let's be honest. And if anybody mm-hmm. in chat does have the answer, please, I mean you can have my job, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that's the whole thing is how do you deal with that? to have the answer? Because you've got then, I mean uh, I, I've been, I've watched a few of your your streams and you've had quite a lot of people constantly giving you new things to do and new things to look at and you put them on a list, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Probably put them on a list somewhere and it's never more like a bunch of open tabs. Yeah, and you never get to them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. how do you deal with that? What what how do you choose what the next thing is that you want to look at in your situation mm-hmm. where you're looking for work and you know that you need to get experience in something to get a job in, in a software developer? Right. That is an um an interesting balance for sure because the thing about Twitch, I love Twitch to death. Um, I I describe Twitch as a party that never stops. Mm-hmm. Like it's just come here, hang out, have a party. When we're done, we're all going to raid someone, and then they're going to raid someone, and then they're going to raid someone, and you and just, you just go until you run out of yours. So like, and because people usually come to that with you know it's right it's you know with with as the kids say hype, you know they're hyped about stuff. They want to. They're ex- they wanna, they're excited to be hanging out. They want to share, like, my buddy uh, Chef Brent, also on Twitch, um, does a stream tech Tuesday and Friday. And it's like, he has a bunch of new cool stuff he wants to show off. Everyone else has a bunch of stuff they want to sh- share as well. And so it's this big rabbit hole. And it's one of those things where you can just... It's a stream. It's a party. So you can just, you're encouraged to just keep going. Go down the rabbit hole. It's, it makes for the best streams, I think. Um, I think sometimes it depends because, I mean, I, I, we've all done that. If we take it away from Dev a little bit, or rather I take it away from Dev here, um, sidetrack mm-hmm. a little. We've all done that Wikipedia thing, haven't we, where we've clicked on a link and we've ended up, we started looking at how did World War Two get started? as a question and we end up at yeah. like how the sun was created at the beginning of the universe you know that that kind I do that kind of thing all the time and I don't know I'd I'd love to track that you know and see how I've got to mm. that point and how long it's taken me because sometimes I have to leave tabs open on my tablet uh, and when I you know go to the toilet or something and I'll take the tablet in there and I'll start and I'll, I'll it'll last months this this <laughs> this entry that I'm just reading that goes go and but that's the thing with dev I have exactly the same problem I need to learn something new. But the way that I deal with it when I've got a billion, and I have got a billion things to learn, the way that I deal with it is I compartmentalize. And I'm very good at that. I'm very good at going, right, this is new. This needs some dedicated time to learn it because there is a a clear benefit from me learning it, a clear Mm -hmm. benefit. And it's that target, that goal that you were talking about earlier on. But if I... If something isn't important, it's like say, there's a, somebody said at some point, um, maybe on this on, on our podcast actually. If you've got a to do list and it's too long, you're never going to get to the bottom of it. You'll pick off the things that you want to do first, but real in reality, the things that you need to do, you don't need a list for. You will get them done because they are urgent, because they are stopping you from doing other things. So you'll eventually get them done. I've got a pile of things over there 
that are on my to-do list to sort out. 15 years they've been there. It's ridiculous, you know? And, yeah. and it's the same in my dev to-do list. I've got lo- I started using bookmarks and saving things in my browser, you know, saving links to look at and making notes and going, right, I need to look at Blazor. I need to look at what WebAssembly does. I need to look at what um, uh, this new... I, I need to look at React, you know? Still haven't really got around to looking at React. And I probably mm-hmm. never will until I need to. But Blazor has yep. suddenly become forefront because I need to look at it for things that I'm doing for one of my clients. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know everything about it, but I need to know enough. So I'm starting to research it and starting to look at it. And I spend a little bit of time outside of um, the, you know, my work life looking at things mm-hmm. like that as well. So compartmentalizing, I think, is my number one piece of advice, I think. That makes sense. Yeah, like, I am starting to realize, like, as I was mentioning earlier, part of why I was able to, you know, spend, invest so much time in uh, live coding streams because, you know, with the U.S. economy in a very, very, very weird place, um, there's been, you know, fortunately, at least a little bit of um, relief from the government. Not enough. Like, there's been some unemployment insurance I mean, I am definitely COVID semi-employed right now because there's not a lot of video production work happening. Um, And I've been able to benefit from that. But with that not looking very promising right here, right now, I've been, um, I'm like, oh yeah, I got to keep my eye on the prize here. I am trying to get a job. Mm. And meanwhile, here I am kind of going off like working on a lot of the tech around, you know, for my live stream, I wrote, We've been writing a bunch of, like, there's a Raspberry Pi behind me that does all my, that integrates with Twitch and chat and makes cool stuff happen. It's a lot of fun, and chat seems to like it, especially when it involves my pup. Um, He is a component of the stream as well. Um, It's a lot of fun, but I think after Halloween, which is usually when I traditionally spend this month getting ready for my Halloween display, probably not going to be much trick-or-treating this year. So that's kind of out. So I think it's, I'm going to spend, but I want to do something. So I think my plan is going to be once Halloween's over, I need to shift focus away from um, the stream techs, you know, building up my own stream tech and focus on things that A, would help me get a job and B, stuff that might help others, other aspiring developers get a job. And I'm thinking that a way to do that is um, I really, really hate looking at job listings. There's something about it that viscerally enrages me, mm-hmm. which is not to my benefit. Um, but one thing I think I want to do, and I think I just had an idea for a future stream after, after Halloween and after, the, frankly, the election, um, which is to do a little thing that I learned. I picked... Um, I'll shout out. Am I allowed to shout out people in the chat who are cool? As long as they're not, uh, uh, yeah, as long as they're not offensive in any way, I suppose. <laughs> That's no, fine. Absolutely not. Uh... So yeah, I think that what we need to, what what I, what I do, to, I try and help <laughs> other people. Or what we do on this stream is we do try and help other people get jobs. You know, get into the software industry. I'm a veteran. I've done it for a long, long time. But the whole point of of this is that we can. Um, 
uh, is that, that we can bring people into the dev world and make mm. it easier for them, make it less intimidating. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, this is kind of what I do to do that. I, I help people uh, via this this podcast, and not just me, but Josie as well. And, you know, I, I intended to do that for my dev podcast as well, but the, de- the not podcast, the dev stream as well, but the dev stream mm-hmm. um, is a little bit drier than it should be. I wanted it to be a learning experience, but it's actually ended up becoming me learning new tech and not really being that in uh, that that much of a teacher if you know what i mean it's more about me moving my own projects on so I, you know i apologize for that to people but it is what you know my intention is mm-hmm. um and who's this guy then who's who's alex Hillman? oh yeah so that's um i i shouted shout him out because i think because he uh he's a he is like a business consultant okay of sorts um he and his business partner developed this thing called sales safari which is sort of like a very systematic way of kind of getting a vibe for like sentiment for it's targeted towards product building. Okay. Um, you go around to people on like discussion forums, find out what, you know, gather up pain points, find patterns, build the product. It's a pretty cool system. But I think what I might do is use a process similar to that, but for job listings, just go around job listings on the internet for a job, for jobs, I might like if maybe I had a bit more experience in a framework or for certain frameworks or this or that, and try to find patterns like what frameworks for like frameworks they're just everywhere uh, in front end development. So like that seemed to would kind of seem to be my first focus is which framework should I start with? Um, so have you from started? There, that's the question. Have you started with any frameworks? Um, not yet. And I suppose I should change that because it's one of those things where the stuff I'm doing in the lab, my personal projects, um, there isn't much of a need for frameworks or that sort of thing as not, it's not a strong need, but it's not about me. It's about, you know, the people who might want to hire me. I need to think about their needs and pain points as well. If I ever expect them to, no, give me money for stuff. Well, I mean, there's a few different avenues, of course. You can go down with uh, software development. You can get kind of junior roles and internments and that kind of thing. Um, you can you can get a job as a software developer and kind of become a mentee of somebody, um, you know, as a junior, and you can, you can start moving on and, and learning. I mean, I'm currently in the middle of mentoring a few people, um, that are juniors, and quite clearly, the, the the questions that they ask are junior questions. But that doesn't mm. mean, you know, that they don't know what they're doing. That they're, they're picking things up and moving on very quickly. It's about finding that right person to to learn from, I suppose, and and give mm-hmm. you the the right amount of knowledge, um, and then also doing enough in your own time, uh, doing enough of your own reading and courses, and you know, embracing the ideas and embracing the frameworks, embracing the design patterns, embracing the working practices that the software industry generally uses. I mean, every company is different, you know? Most of the places that I work are enterprise-grade, um, you know, clients, and they they do things a certain way. They would want me to do things a certain way, so I've developed methods that work for them. Mm-hmm. I struggle a little bit when it comes to 
hacking something together and not doing things uh, the right way or the way that I see them to be right. But that doesn't mean they're not mm -hmm. the right way for another company, you know? There is literally, quite yeah. literally, a, a software job out there for everybody. If you are a software developer, you don't have to know how to use, um, particularly, you, know, you don't have to know how to design your objects in a solid fashion. You don't need to understand NT or architectures, and you don't need to know unit testing and integration testing off by heart. They all come if you need to, but that's the whole point is don't focus on those things if the fundamentals aren't there. You know, if you need to pick up a mm -hmm. framework, if you see a job that, if you keep seeing jobs that you think you're going to want and you keep seeing uh, Angular on those jobs, then learn Angular. Spend mm. time reading the, the tutorials. Spend time learning what they mean when they talk about the, uh, the opinionated way that Angular works in that instance. Learn how Angular relates to the back end, you know. Of, of, don't worry about uh, getting it perfect. Worry about mm -hmm. learning it, picking it up, and being able to answer some basic questions like, "What is a component? You know, how, what, how, how do we decorate um, guards and things like that?" Those things are built into Angular. There will be some specific things around that that you get asked in an interview situation. But if you don't have that knowledge or haven't tried doing that, you're never going to be able to answer them. Mm -hmm. That makes sense, and that's another balance thing for us like for a stream is um I do uh I'm trying to go with this I think um that you're always going to get overwhelmed you know mm -hmm. in the development world if you don't have experience you are going to get overwhelmed I recently as I said have been mentoring some juniors and you can tell and I speak to them very openly about it because it's important that they understand that I might know a lot and I might confuse them, but they can ask questions and they can mm -hmm. learn from me or hopefully I can answer their questions in a way that sparks them on and gets them looking at things in a different light or gets them going away to learn a little bit more. Every night you read an article, you know? Every week you read, a, you know, you do a new course or something you figure out how to work these. You get lots of little pieces of information and then suddenly one day the penny drops. That one day for me was about 15 years ago. I remember somebody who wasn't directly mentoring me but somebody who was I was working with and I don't know, there's something about that guy, how how he was with me and he, he just lit this fire under me and he just mm -hmm. made me want to learn more. And... I, the way that I struck the balance in that situation, because suddenly I just wanted to go off and learn everything, and I wanted to understand mm -hmm. tests and why, you know, I, the, 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 I wanted to understand absolutely everything about software development after that. And again, the way that I did that is I, I, I carefully chose which pieces of tech that I wanted to learn. I looked at mm -hmm. the libraries that they were using, it was C-sharp in that instance, but I looked at the libraries that were being used, and I figured one library out at a time. I can't do everything. You know, I'm a, I'm a junior. I don't know everything. So just do what you can and learn little pieces and don't be impatient with it, you know? My wife's terrible mm -hmm. for that. She, if she's not an uh, expert at something immediately, she drops it. <laughs> and if I did that in my job, there's no, I wouldn't be where I am. You know? I, wouldn't be able to, uh, I wouldn't be able to write software. Not I think all. that's very common with people who would like... It's easy to forget how hard it was for you to learn something. 
Um, and so you, you get used to it. Like, oh, I'm just naturally good at this or something. And then you, you, find, you hit a new challenge and you're like, oh, I'm bored. This sucks. I hate it. Yeah. I think um, there's also, there's no such thing as luck as well when it comes to, uh, to learning, when it, especially development. Yeah. So if we, talk, if we focus directly on software development, there is no such thing as luck. My, my mom has said it to me a few times. She said, she said you're lucky that you have what you know you you have jobs and you you have and I said no I've worked for this I have mm. learned and constantly educated myself and you know I've done a few courses and things like that but generally I've constantly been self improving my knowledge and I've got to a point where if I don't know a language I don't know PHP for example I don't know react for example you know I don't know them but I'm mm-hmm. confident that with my level of ability, I could go off and learn them in, enough about them to get a job doing them, a full-time job doing them, in a couple of weeks mm. because I know all the fundamentals behind it, and that's the yeah. key thing. Um, I forget if I mentioned also this on the last time I was here, but um, there is another book that I love called um, Mindset by Carol Dweck. Okay. Um, which is another book that's like just tremendously insightful, but can also be summed, summarized in the sentence or two. And it's that, you know, you can either view, there, I mean, there's shades, there's shades of gray, but that you can view the brain as having like a fixed, you can have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. It's very common to believe that um, brains are just naturally good at something or naturally bad and that, it, it can come from childhood when your parents, there's a throwback to earlier in the combo. It can come from childhood when your parents are like, wow, you're so smart. You're so good at this. And which kind of sparks little insecurities like, what if I'm not good at this? And then that can kind of sucker you into the mindset that it is what it is. But with, but with a growth mindset, it's like, I might suck at this now, but my brain is a giant learning machine. With sustained effort, I could possibly get good at that. Um, something about that really resonated with me. And the year I read that was like, I think the first and only time I set a goal for a whole year um, and stuck with it, and which was hugely, which is definitely a formative experience for my um, code writing endeavors. I was doing th- stuff I never would have dreamed I could do just because I just had a mindset that this stuff is completely foreign to me and it looks really hard. But I'm, I think I can do it. And just... I, um, I, my, my, I keep talking about my wife. I'm sorry. She's the, she's the center of my world, so I'm, I don't apologize for oh. that. But um, my, my wife uh, is the baker and generally does the cooking during the week. I used to do the cooking, but she's kind of taken over and she, you know, she's great at it. Um, mm. She's a great baker as well. But bread, she's been trying to get wholemeal bread um, right for a while. And it's very hard, mm-hmm. I, I think, anyway. Both of us haven't really succeeded. But I've recently, over the last couple of weeks, I've baked three loaves of bread in the last uh, last to week probably because I'm trying to get it right I want to get a recipe perfect for it my wife has given up trying to improve her recipe she thinks that she can't get it any better because it's the fault of the bread you know it's fault of this flour etc whereas mm-hmm. the, the shop bought bread 
you know? I see loaves of bread being baked on television by TV bakers, you know, that, that are wonderful and massive and fluffy and have risen. I am going to get that perfect recipe and method together, no matter what mm -hmm. it does, what it takes to do that, because I want to do it. And I am going to continue to do that. And another thing with striking that balance is concentrating on that one thing at a time. When I'm improving this recipe, and this is kind of analogous to what we're talking about here, that's why I'm bringing it up. Um, when I'm baking, when I'm changing that recipe, I'm changing one thing every time I change the bread. I'm adding more flour. Mm. I'm making the dough more sticky. I'm, I'm trying to add more yeast. That didn't work, by the way. Don't put more yeast in bread. It doesn't help. Mm. Um, you know, make try changing your kneading method, you know, and it's the same goes for software. If I don't mm. succeed with one thing, then I'll try another method. And then even when a method works or a, a particular design pattern works, it doesn't mean that that is the golden hammer. That's actually an anti-pattern in the development world. Having this golden hammer that you think is going to fit for everything, and I've been guilty of it, and I'm still sometimes guilty of thinking that, things like dependency injection and inversion of control are the best things in the world and they are but they don't solve all the problems you know mm -hmm. and you know it's again compartmentalizing and being organized in your approach and your method into to learning you know yeah um i definitely get into that as well i mean like like i was just saying the stuff i do in my stream and my personal projects i everything is like python Vanilla, JavaScript, CSS, HTML. Um, since I haven't gotten to learning libraries yet, I probably have no idea what I'm missing. I could probably save myself a lot of time. Or um, not. That's the problem with a lot of libraries. Or not. Yeah, or not. And also, like it's that's like the that's like the perennial JavaScript or like front end development joke is another day, another JavaScript framework. You know, mm -hmm. so. Um, but yeah, I think um, also just changing one thing at a time, one one variable at a time in your scientific experiment is just better science. It's just good science. And you can keep a, a log, whether it's a mental log or an actual, mm -hmm. you know, written down log of what you've done, what you've changed. And I think changing too many variables, and this is the same, um, the same for doing huge refactors of code. Like I, w I said, mm -hmm. I work with big enterprise code bases, and when I have to change. Sometimes when you change one tiny little thing, you're actually affecting a significant amount of of code that calls it. And luckily, mm. we have lots of tools these days that make that um, that process easier. And luckily, if we work with compiled languages, which JavaScript is not, by the way, uh, if we work yeah. with compiled languages, the compiler will often tell us a, a, that there's a problem. Uh -huh. Most of the time, not all of the time, though, and, and those not all of the times are the ones that cause ninety percent of the problems. Um, but changing yeah. one thing at a time, and and iterating, whether it's just running your tests again, or whether it's running the build again, or it's running the UI and testing everything works the same way it used to work. That is usually it's a long-winded process, but usually one of the better ways to uh, to approach that and balance out that. Uh, risk versus reward thing, you know? Absolutely. Even on my own, like, tiny scale, you know, lab robot, like, lab bot that runs my stuff, I I noticed, um, like, such a tiny example, but it's still kind of the same thing. There, I noticed in one bit of my code, so everything in the lab runs on WebSockets. It's a big old WebSocket party. Um, 
and I know, and every WebSocket has like a type. It's JSON. It, every everything has a has a, it's a type of command, and then various values. And I noticed that in some parts of the code, I called that field, I called that key message. Other places, I called it message type. And I am so scared. I'm, I'm scared to go in and just make that change because it also affects like everything. So I'm having to do like hard coded but change message to message type. That's just a variable name by the sounds of it. It is, but it's it's like there's like ten or fifteen different things that rely on that being exactly one thing. Oh, that's the, you need to get over that. You need to you what editor do you use? It's VS Code. So just F, press F two and rename, and it will rename all the all the symbols for you. In nice. fact, even across multiple repos and stuff. Uh, well, no, if not on repos, it's. I mean, if you, if it's a variable name, then that shouldn't affect things that are calling this code. It, it depends how you've structured it. I, I... Yeah, might be getting a little too into the weeds there. Yeah, um, maybe. <laughs> but uh, I guess, but like, but also, I want to have an entertaining stream, and is it the most entertaining stream in the world to hunt down variables? Yeah. There's also that balance, I guess. I think it's, I mean, I, a lot of streamers do themed days of the week or even themed months. Um, I've, been, I've had people tell me multiple times, like, you should have like a fix it Fridays or like a get, it's like serious business Saturdays or something where it's like, there's the rabbit hole stream. Mm -hmm. There's the actual, I need, you know, let's focus on learning skills that are in demand you know, I need, as you know, professionally, I need to get better at, you know, writing good code that can be used by others. And again, it's just easy to fall into the weeds of just like, it's a Twitch party. Woo! Also, especially in these times, it's challenging because like, there's not much to do socially these days except for stream. So that can be a bit of an addiction. I don't know. So there's balances to strike all over there is. Um, Volstrat said a few things. Um, yeah, I noticed that, yeah. He has said, yeah, accepting that having to learn stuff and not instantly understanding everything doesn't mean uh, you're too stupid. Which no, not at all. definitely doesn't. I mean, the, I can't, we can't say that enough on this stream. You know, I, if there's any developer in the world that thinks they know everything, then they don't know anything, probably. Mm -hmm. um, and then That's he's... Weird. He's also said uh, there's a whole different kind of tech overload. Uh, we really should refactor this whole bunch of stuff, but I really don't want to. <laughs> See, I don't want to. I'm the kind of dev that will just do it. I, I'm. Mm. It's either overconfidence or I know I can sort it out if it does cause problems. But then again, the way that I write code, I, use, I almost always adhere to solid principles almost always where i can i mean there has to be some caveats there because if i'm working right. with old code bases i don't have the luxury of of having code that's necessarily easy to refactor at the moment i am refactoring a legacy code base um and essentially mm. rewriting the whole thing from scratch but there's a lot of there's like 20 odd years of history in this code but i have the tools and the knowledge to be able to do this refactor and just rip whole swathes of code out. The, the other developers that I'm, I work with, or the client that I'm working with, rather, um, mm. whenever they see me code, because I do a lot of screen sharing, you can hear them kind mm. of going, <gasps> whenever I delete 
everything. I just delete like whole classes and and just remove mm-hmm. things because I I know you have version how, control. Yeah, exactly. That is another thing as well. I have version control to back me up, but they don't see it that way. They think that a mm-hmm. commit is final. You know, they think mm-hmm. that when you delete some, if you don't comment something out, and it's just if you comment it, it's there, and we can bring it back if we need to. And it's like, well, just get rid of it because it's probably never going to come back. And if it does, just rewrite it. It's not hard to write code. You know, the small little units of code that we write is not difficult. If you know how to code and you know the requirements, that's the hard thing is figuring out the requirements of that piece of code and setting yeah. the rules around them. Um, and then the in, as long as you know the inputs and the outputs and what they sh- what it kind of should do in the middle, it's generally quite easy to write it. Just get rid of it. Just delete it. Delete the code. It's yeah. not important, you know? It's it's That was actually what incited this topic originally was um that was I think the balance we were originally talking about was tr- striking a balance between like getting it working and writing it in a right, way right. that's even remotely usable by anyone other than you. Um yeah. I tend to just Okay, I need to get work and go. And then I lean towards that. It is definitely something I gotta work on. You see, very much so. I'm in a I'm in a situation now. I haven't been in a situation like this for quite some years, and because I'm working with this old brittle code base, um, mm. it's. I mean, it, it. When I say these things, I'm not criticizing any individual or or the business that I'm I'm doing the work for or anything like that. Right. Code becomes like that if it's not. Um, guarded and protected properly and a lot of places mm-hmm. don't have uh, people, or a lot of developers don't have the confidence to guard and make those decisions and go right this is how it should be because of this and I'm going to put my foot down and we, you know when we not everybody has time to do code reviews and check over things and make sure that, that code is maintainable and all of those things mm-hmm. come into the enterprise you know they all come in when they're important especially if you've got transient developers as well, like contractors and people who are coming in and out all the time, and even just high-throughput staff, you know? It, it happens. Code becomes mm. brittle over time. There are ways mm. to mitigate that, but they're only, they're only good as long as they're maintained, those ways to, mm. to you know, that are we following the proper solid principles? Well, what is your opinion of a solid principle? Or rather, how you interpret or developer one interprets a solid principle, the solid principles, is different from how developer two uh, interprets them. How developer mm-hmm. one writes their tests is different from how developer two writes their tests. Um, mm-hmm. And unless there's a common understanding across a team and that is maintained consistently, which is extremely hard to do in a high-pressure environment, Code mm-hmm. becomes legacy. Code becomes brittle, and it's people get less confident about changing it over time. But then I said there are people like me that just come in and go, "Get rid of it all, rewrite it." Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Got a Gordon Ramsay your code every once in a while. Oh, I love it. I love it. I am. I yeah. am the Gordon Ramsay of developers. That's a, that's a good way to put it. And I'll take that. <laughs> I do. One thing I do like about that, I got almost sort of a counterexample, like. Like I do like from, you know, now that I'm getting a glimpse of actual development cycles and working with a senior sort of developer in a junior sort of role is I like how, at least from my experience, very limited experience, I tend to hang out with, I try to hang out with awesome people and not jerks, but um, it's been really cool so far and almost heartwarming that like, if you if you're working with a good senior developer in a in a good team, it's like 
there is really that growth mindset sort of thing going on. Again, in my experience, like that mindset does seem to be more prevalent than other, other, other industries I've been in, I think. Like video production, especially old school broadcast stuff is just, from what, I saw, from what I've seen, it's just, it's very like, pay your dues. This is the right way to do things. Um, but I, I guess it, it kind of comes with the nature of writing code. It's, it's almost, it's like, to me, it kind of feels like writing poetry that does stuff or like weaving magic or something. It's just, you can, it's like, it's such an essence of, I'm waxing a little too poetic, I know. Yeah, no, that's but, fine, because code is an art. I don't care what anybody says, code, coding it's, it's, is an art form in a, in a way, shape, or form, you know. Yeah, I, it's a lot of creativity is required. It's not vision. That, I don't see it as that creative anymore. I see, mm. I see the process as more important than the code. The code to me, I've written so much code over the years that it's boring. That part of it mm. is boring. But what I really enjoy is I really enjoy figuring out what somebody needs or what a system needs and then fixing that problem solving mm -hmm. that solution coming up with a solution that works in the best way and then doing it in a quality way i really enjoy the craft around it not necessarily the typing of the code because that's just something i have to do to get to the end point but i really enjoy that part just the whole i can't, I can't even explain i like architecting some, like something whole. I, I like the, the whole thing, the system, I guess. Yeah, I like taking advantage of new um, language features that come out that make my life easier and make my code more terse, that make mm -hmm. me a better programmer because I understand more ways. One of the things I enjoy about mentoring people is that they ask me questions that I don't know the answer to, and mm -hmm. I have to figure it out either quickly or, or rather, I don't know how to answer it. I do know the answer. It's there somewhere. I just, you know, I can't formulate the words for it. Mm -hmm. But they challenge me to to explain it in a way that's... And that's one of the things I like about this podcast as well, quite a lot of the time, and, and doing dev streams, I get asked questions that I don't know. What is boxing mm -hmm. and unboxing in, in C-sharp? I don't know. I'll have to figure that out. And then I might read an article and explain it. And that helps me understand what I've been doing for the last 20 years when I've boxed and unboxed a variable why have I needed to do that you know mm -hmm. why is integration testing and unit testing so different from each other? all of these things they all have a reason and understanding those reasons help you select the right tool for the job and the same goes for frameworks and to me, that's when you know I'm I'm trying to balance all of that together. As you know, going back to the balancing, I'm trying to to balance all of that all the time and figure out the most pragmatic solution whilst retaining a, a quality uh, quality and delivery. Mm -hmm. You know, another thing you mentioned earlier um, was uh, confidence. Uh, it's I'm kind of noticing very quickly that one of the biggest differences, if not the biggest difference. And again, limited experience, but it seems like the biggest difference between junior and senior is confidence. And a lot of what um, they try to help people build is confidence, um, which is so cool. Knowledge. I don't know. I just think that's really... 
with yeah, knowledge and- becomes you become confident because you have more answers yeah. and more tools in your head, not just on your computer, available to you. I can go mm-hmm. right. Just to do a search across a code base these days, I've got another tool, right? I, I used to use Notepad++ and use the file search in that. Uh, and now Visual Studio Code makes that a cinch to do that. And I can mm-hmm. do regex replaces very quickly in that. And I could do it in Notepad++, but it was actually harder to do because it wasn't the right... This tool has become my go-to for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I have that knowledge. I have that answer somewhere, and I can offload that to somebody else. I use PowerShell yeah. a lot more than a lot of developers do because I have used it a lot for all kinds of things for, for particular jobs I've done, usually ALM kind of DevOps kind of things, um, scripting, all kinds of things. But now I, I brought a PowerShell object the other day to search thousands of XML documents, parse them, format them, and add namespaces and do some replaces of them. And I did that in an hour to do that. And, it, and you know, it was just having that knowledge is is enough to to make you more confident, you know? I certainly don't lack in the confidence department. <laughs> I've got, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I'm, probably my number one insult and uh, um, compliment is that I am too confident, probably, or very mm-hmm. confident. However, you look at it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to see that that I don't see a lot of junior and senior in many other industries. It's I guess it's I guess it's because it's it almost seems like an acknowledgement that writing software is kind of hard and incredibly complex. I think that's my best guess I as a newbie. If you look at well, look at look at the. Um... The, the terms master and artisan in the arts. That's true. It's yeah. really that kind of thing, but senior. And you know what? A lot of the, a senior really should be some a developer. A senior developer should be somebody who has uh, the ability to lead in some way, shape, or form. The ability to make, mm-hmm. again, pragmatic decisions with code bases and quick decisions, i.e. have enough experience to be able to make those decisions with confidence. But mm-hmm. I I think at the moment, or not at the moment, but in a lot of places, a senior is just somebody who's been doing it for 20 years or 10 years or whatever, or even mm-hmm. three years in some places. That doesn't make somebody senior. What makes somebody truly senior and get my respect is somebody who knows software. They know the processes behind it. They understand mm-hmm. the gen, you know, that the, how software is crafted and how it is architected. Um, I mean, this is a whole other subject about we've done job titles and uh, and that kind of thing before. It is just a name, but unfortunately, a lot of places after you've been somewhere for three or four years, you become senior. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. you know a lot, you know. Yeah, not all the time. My dog insists on joining. Hello. Um. Oh. Forgotten his name. It's mouse. Mouse. I was going to say a biscuit, yeah. but no, he gets a biscuit. <laughs> I did actually have a yellow a yellow lab named Biscuit. Right. Also, yeah, for those for those listening and not viewing, this is uh, my my adorable yellow Labrador Retriever has decided to crawl my lap. He's beautiful. Um, and you can come check. He does stuff on my stream. You can you can uh, we play together. We play we play a little button based game. You do right. I I'm going to have to close the stream now. I think we have. Okay. Uh, 
almost reached time. So before we um, get, before we close up, we're going to do our bring our own manual, bring your own manual. Okay. So this is where we talk about something that we've learned in the last week or since last time you were on, Nick. Um, so it doesn't have to be dev related. Doesn't have to be tech related. Could be anything at all. Any facts that you've learned that you think is cool, um, and <laughs> yep. we just had a dog disaster then. Dog logistics, <laughs> um, logistics, as you, as they say. So if you've got if you've got a bring your own manual, then feel free. Yeah. Um, well, one thing that I, um, I I'm reminded of it because I have a tab open in another window with it. Um, I'm learning that a lot of tech companies. Um, yeah. I'm learning that a lot of tech companies uh, are starting to do champion type programs. Like um, Twilio has Twilio Champions, Bondage has their new Voyagers thing, and it's sort of like a way to, you know, level up in your uh, career potentially, um, be a mentor or mentee, and there are perks like. Um, in the case of Twilio, I believe if you're a champion, you get to go to their annual conference for free, minus you know travel and entertainment. But the the ticket is free, and um, it just kind of shows. It's sort of like I don't know. It's sort of like evangelism, sort of, but just kind of like a club. And you get you'll get sneak previews of new tech that you can use. Um, so I would say, yeah, the existence of those is something cool that I've learned about recently or have been learning more about. It's a two-way um, kind of uh, arrangement, that, because the person who becomes the champion gets all of these benefits and perks and also gets to associate themselves with the company, uh, whether they're employed mm -hmm. by them or not, because I think there are champions and things like that who aren't particularly... Um, in fact, there are definitely champions for Twilio, Twilio for example, that aren't employed by the company, um, but mm -hmm. they are able to associate themselves with the company. Um, and it mm -hmm. works the other way for the company as well because they get marketing. They get advertisement. Yeah. They get um, the they get viewers on Twitch streamers, for example, that, that talk about that company a lot. And it's great. To mm -hmm. me, I've got no issues whatsoever with that. I think it's a, a wonderful program, um, you know, the, the champion program or the evangelist program, you know. I love talking mm -hmm. to evangelists from uh, other companies because they're passionate. And yeah. that's what that's what dev is to me. It's about being passionate and loving what you do, and not just being a day job developer that just wants to get the job done as quickly as possible. About having pride in your craft, you know. Yeah, I like that. That's so cool. my BYM is absolutely nothing at all to do with dev for once, um, or tech or anything like that. Mine is um, I've finally signed up for Spotify. And I've learned nice. that Spotify, don't like really pimping companies, but Spotify is brilliant. I'm really into my music. I have been forever. I used to be in a band. I used to run recording studios. People who, who listen to the stream nice. would know. Um, I was in quite a few bands, actually, in my 20s, but I... I've always enjoyed like rock and metal, and I've always I've always been into dance and trance and classical music and all kinds of stuff. And I can't believe I've got a huge music collection, and some mm -hmm. of it's really obscure. Mm -hmm. Spotify has failed only once so far on all of the music mm -hmm. I've looked up, and it was from the the band was Mouse Rat from um, it's not even a real band, but Mouse Rat from uh, Parks and Rec, the the band from, I think his name's Chris in, in the thing, the, the daft lad, I don't know if you've seen it, but oh. 
Is his name unless it was released on the um, unless Parks and Rec released a uh, official soundtrack. Um, don't know. Might have done, but either way, that he does some cool songs in the in the uh, in the show, and mm. this it's it's all comedy, daft songs, you know. But it just reminds you of the show and stuff. Couldn't find any mouse rat. So if anyone finds some mouse rat on um, Spotify, please point me to the right place and I'll uh, add that to my playlist. But I love it. I love it. I love the fact that I can just go listen to something I like and I've added a few things into my playlist. And it's given me alternate versions and different versions of um, the same bands that I've been listening to for years and the same um, artists. That I've, it's just great. It's just brilliant. And I didn't really want to sign up for it because I thought, oh, I'll stick to old school CDs and vinyls and you know MP3s and things like that. Probably yeah. going to get rid of I them all. I love Spotify. Probably going to get yeah. rid of them all. Yeah. Spotify is fantastic. The yes. only only downside I can think of is you can't really download the songs. Like, I um, I have some DJ software that I kind of want to start messing with, and you can't really like you have to record it internally or something first before you can get it into. There's a download, but I haven't tried it yet. But there's a download button on the Spotify Windows app. Oh, maybe I just haven't quite clearly just... on each song. You can see it says download, but. Oh yeah, that might. I'm not sure. I might be totally making stuff up. It might not be that. It might just be download to the internal Spotify database, and you can only play it offline. Maybe that's what it means. Possibly. I th- that might be what it means. Yeah. I'm not sure. I've never needed to anyway, because I, I I generally don't care where my music is. I just want to listen to it all the time, you know. So anyway, great. Mm-hmm. That's my BYM. So uh, thank you cool. very much to everybody in chat. Thanks, Volstrap, for joining in. Um, and yeah. uh, please do listen to us in the future. We should be live most Thursdays, but as you probably know, we have had a few weeks off at the moment. Um, it's uh, Times are hard right now. There's a lot of things going on in the world. Um, and finally, yeah. thank you very much to Nick. Uh, hope, hope you enjoyed yourself. And uh, Certainly. Uh, now you've got time to pimp your channel, pimp anything you want, if you've got any side projects, etc., or just talk about yourself, mm-hmm. or, or beg for a job from somebody <laughs> do what you want it's your yes, time yes please that'd be great if you have any leads hit me up um i am you can dm me on twitch or whatever i am at nick's mad science i am have been going hard the past few months and hopefully we'll can be able to continue to do that for um the foreseeable future in some capacities i do live coding but i try to think that it's like interesting because I'm coming at it not from the perspective of like a super experienced software developer, but as someone who is learning and also wants to help um, others potentially learn, I hope. Um, The main gimmick of the stream is while I'm doing live coding, there's a competition going on between, say, tabs versus spaces, cake versus pie. And then um, I think I might be able to, to hang on just a second. Oh, we're going to get to a demonstration oh, okay. now for those who are watch, listening on the podcast of uh, of the gimmick, I think. Go on. I'll explain oh, yeah, of course. happens. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. That was just for the people watching. Uh, so the gimmick is that you choose channel points to make the points go up and for one team or the other, and that makes one of those two buttons. There's two buttons in my setup that uh, I've trained my dog to boop with his nose when they beep, and that that goes along with the points you choose. It's just a little cute game thing to keep people engaged and also adorable cute puppy. How long did it take him to, to learn that and when did you start teaching? Uh, when he was a puppy, he's all, he's nine now. Um, and he learned it pretty early. The first version was like an infrared one to chew the buttons up. Um, but you haven't been streaming yeah, so like since when he, he was nine. 
So you haven't been streaming for nine years, have you? No, 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 no. Um, I trained. I I made these buttons a long time ago, and I've always wanted to like share the project with the world. It's always been my secret, like for a long time. Like I want to do a thing with where a dog solves solves puzzles, or something. And I'm glad that I was able to you know do that. Yeah, yeah. It's very cool. I wish I wish I could get my guinea pigs to do something similar, but the the best they can do is uh, is is T Rex for food. They'll get up on the hind legs and take food out of you. Oh yeah. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. right. So you can do it. Time to time to close Indeed. the show properly for now. So thank you very much, Nick. Yeah. Um. It's it's been wonderful having you on. And uh, to everybody in chat, thank you very much once again. It's uh, you can follow follow us and visit our website on www.dnistream.live for links to all our social media channels, our Discord dev chat, which is absolutely dead at the moment. So I'm really sorry about that. I've it just happens. don't have time. I just, I am so busy. I don't have time for. For the community we've been trying to build, that's that's this horrible thing to say. But got to be honest, haven't you? You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to people. Um, so it will pick up at some point, and hopefully Josie will be back soon as well. She's been making some murmurings. She's been uh, waking up a little bit, and uh, hopefully she's she's going to be well enough soon to come back onto the podcast. Um, uh, hopefully in the next few weeks, fingers crossed. But again, can't promise anything until it happens. Let's just uh, watch this space. Um, and you can also use the website to contact us for any reason whatsoever. If you want to be a guest on the show, you've got an idea for a topic, or you've got any comments or suggestions, or you want to get hold of Nick and you happen to not know how to use Twitch or or anything like that, just get hold of us and we'll put you in touch. Um, and lastly, do not for- do not forget to follow our Twitch channel. There's a follow button below or above or wherever it is, and uh, do that. So we hope to see you next time on some Thursday in the future at 7 p.m. Um, oh, thank you very much, Volstrat. Volstrat, just give us a resub. That's uh, oh, lovely. Thank you, much appreciated, matey. Um, and we'll catch you next time. All that's left to say is goodbye. Bye bye. Bye bye.